Okie dokie, so how often have we chosen something that ended up being um, a, uh oh, an oopsie. We made an oopsie and we thought it was a good idea at the time, but then we saw the consequences of the choice we made and we're like, oh no, actually that was not how I thought it would go. <laughs> um, yes, lots of hands up, I, I see, yep, yep, lots of us, um, there's no one raising their hands, but I assume probably if you are a human being, then you have at some point made a mistake. <laughs> um, so let's examine mistakes. How can we make mistakes? Seems like a silly question, but um, mistakes, right? Imply innocence. If we were omniscient and we knew everything in advance, um, we wouldn't be able to make mistakes. Like we, would, we could only choose that which is most beneficial to us and to all of life but very often we choose things that we think are beneficial to us and we think are beneficial to life that is for the highest good but then turns out that oh uh we were mistaken and often very much so i mean classic example someone who is convinced that blowing themselves up um and a bus full of children will somehow benefit the world and please god Okay, so they're really convinced of that though, and they really do it out of out of conviction that they that that's correct. That's a that's how it that's that's how it do be. But it not be like that. Do it, um, experientially. <laughs> I mean, if God, the infinitely loving, infinitely merciful God, um, I don't see how that God would be um, pleased by slaughter of innocent people infinitely merciful infinitely loving so there seems to be some kind of a vulnerability in the human condition that if you're told things enough times somehow you'll believe it the mind will believe it and like i don't blame them i could see that if i was in a similar situation i would probably believe the same thing i'm just really fortunate to be in the situation that i am now so, like, in the sense that, you know, if we grew up just like someone else did, under the exact same conditions, um, we would probably choose really similar things, you know, as to, as to what they did. Because we say, oh, that's such a horrible choice, I don't see how they could make that. But when we say such a thing, we don't take into account context. Because under, under like, bad enough con um, conditions, <laughs> we will choose some pretty atrocious things, you know. Like, there are pretty difficult choices out there. Like, classic example, right? You're, you, you think, okay, so one choice will lead to the death of one person, and the other choice will lead to the death of 1,000 people in your mind. And what do you choose? So there's a lot of difficult situations. There's also, of course, lots of fear involved. So if, if we're under a lot of fear, a lot of stress, we're going to choose some pretty, pretty questionable stuff. Um, questionable from the rational perspective, but totally makes complete sense when you're in the shoes of that person making that choice. So, I mean, who are we to judge anything until we are under those conditions and we see what happens with us? Who are we to judge? We have no idea. We're just playing mind games. We're saying, ah, I would have done better. But we absolutely do not know that unless we live in their shoes. Unless And in their shoes doesn't just mean circumstances. It also means like how they're experiencing the world. What is their experience of the world? How do they see the world? So if we saw the world, I mean, isn't it 
It's rather obvious that if we saw the world in the exact same way that someone else saw the world, we would be making the same decisions that they made. Because at any time, we can see that we're always making choices that make sense to us. And yet, people seem to be making very different choices because, I guess, those choices make sense to them. Whereas to other people, those choices don't make sense. And if we were those other people, we would also be making those choices. Now, might be a bit confusing at this point. So the important part is that we make boo-boos and, 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 and we make mistakes. And the fact that we can make mistakes is an indication that we are innately innocent. Because if we were omniscient and we knew everything, we wouldn't be able to make mistakes. We are only able to make mistakes out of not knowing any better, right? Why would we choose something that harms us? If we knew it harms us, we choose something because we think it's good for us. But then it turns out, oh, nope, uh, we have to pay the price for our choice. And it is not a pretty one. So in my view, it seems pretty obvious that we all just choose what we think is best for ourselves. I mean, we're all pretty selfish creatures, right? We're all <laughs> doing what we think is best. It just turns out that, you know, what is best for me, what is best for you, what is best for anyone is aligned with what is best for everyone, right? Because we all live in this world together. We all share it together. And what benefits the whole benefits everyone in the whole. So it's like the through experience and understanding, what benefits us the most is what benefits the whole. So what is for the highest good includes us. So obviously if we were able to see that what is best for us is aligned with what is best for everyone, then that is what we would choose. Now, it's important to note that, like, actually see it, not just, like, hear about it, but really realize that for ourselves and understand that we are part of the whole and what contributes to the upliftment of all of life includes us in it, right? So, therefore, anytime we make a mistake, we're just not seeing that, and we're, we're seeing something else Instead, we're seeing that we, th we think, oh, this is what's best. This is what's best in this situation. I mean, how many times where I have thought that something was a good idea, like it really seemed like a good idea, like it was really convincing, and there really seemed like there wasn't any other options. Like it seemed like there were, weren't any other options. It was just, for example, recently, like retaliate with a strong no to a really close dear friend. Like, no, what are you talking about? But then once I said that, even though in my eyes it didn't seem to come from any malicious place, I, I, once I said that, I saw how it, what, what the consequence was, which was, it was actually pretty mean. Uh, it was pretty mean and hurtful um, and coming out of a place of pride and, and ego. Um, I mean, that's not really something love would say, um, the way I said it at least. But at the time, it seemed like a really good idea. But after I said it, I was like, oh, yeah, I could all, it was really funny, actually, because I, I, so I knew I was like, something's off, right, after I said it, but I didn't want to admit it yet, I was like, I didn't want to say sorry, I was just analyzing, I was like, analyzing, well, I don't know, Am I, should I say sorry, or should I apologize, and the options were popping up in mind, but I chose not to for a little bit, and then after a while, it became clear to me, I'm like, yeah, I, I was in the wrong, um, uh, I'll say sorry because I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. I didn't mean that. And so I apologized, um, explained, just said sorry, took responsibility. And 
all was good. But the point of that is not is just to share that there's that limitation of perception. Basically, we see something like, okay, we think it's a good idea and it appears to us as a good idea. Then we actually choose it and then we see that it's not. And then we blame ourselves and we hate ourselves for it. Like I hated myself for it. I'm like, wow, what a dick. <laughs> um, but that passed rather rapidly because I was able to see that that was really the only option I had. Like at the time, that seemed like the only option I had. Even if it might have not been, it really did seem that way. And so I could have compassion for myself because of my limitations. Because of my limitations. So what I was angry at was not even myself. It was it was my limitations. I was angry at being limited. And for me, that's something that comes up very much. Is the fear, the anger, frustration of being so limited. Uh, which is just a part of human life. Is that, look, we can't see everything. We don't know everything. And very often we make mistakes. And we can either... Like for me, I was sort of disheartened at that. <laughs> like, why Why can't we just be omniscient and just know everything? But there must be some sort of reason, some sort of benefit, because then we can learn and we can grow, right? If we knew everything, we wouldn't be able to grow and make mistakes. The fact that we can make mistakes, that sort of is what gives value to the choices we make, because we can choose between multiple options. And we choose to to choose something when we had other options so something for example that came up is i realized recently is that when we're in a place of fear and there's all these fearful thoughts or anger and there's all these options that are painted in fear and somehow we're able to see see a bit of glimmer a glimmer of another option and we choose that in spite of all the fear in spite of all the resistance that is incredibly courageous that's incredibly powerful right? Um, if we didn't have the fear there and we didn't um, have all the resistance there, it actually wouldn't, at least in my eyes, wouldn't be quite as as uh, courageous, as powerful of a choice. It's because there's so much stuff in the way and we're somehow able to choose it anyway. Um, that's what gives a value. And it is hard. Definitely noticed it's a bit difficult because, well, it's difficult when there's pride involved, which is a lot for me, uh, and anger. But as we move through that, as I move through that, I'll speak for myself here, um, then what remains is just sort of fun. Just play with it. I uh, just play with it now. Um, like if I'm being a bit of a prick, instead of being like, ah, I'm such a prick, I just be like, just have fun with it and laugh at it. Um, if when I make a mistake, I just laugh at it. And when I'm being prideful, I laugh with it. I like sort of own it and then you laugh at it. Laugh with it. So it becomes... It, Laughter seems to be a way to become one with something and accept it and make it a part of us rather than try to resist it and try to push it away, which is, at least for me, has been the experience with limitation. So, you know, instead of hating ourselves for being so limited, it's equally available as an option to just love ourselves for it. I mean, isn't that even a, isn't that a even greater reason to love ourselves because we are so limited <laughs> or because we have that, that limitation of, of the human experience? That, you know, just because things seem a certain way doesn't mean they are that way. And we can't really tell very often between how things are and how things seem to us. It's a massive limitation. It's a massive limitation. And the more I look within myself and unravel stuff, the more I see how <laughs> how hopeless the situation is if, if I relied only on my will 
only on my intellect. So basically I see in my own experience that the more I look into it, the more helpless I see the will, the personal will to be. So yeah, it's got some cool things it can do, but in the grand scheme of things, it's pretty limited, pretty helpless. But because of that divinity within being available, as it's like I just don't see how I can live my life without relying on divinity completely. I still don't rely on divinity completely. I'm still learning to let go of stuff that's being a barrier to complete reliance upon divinity. But the more I rely upon divinity instead of my own will, basically my own idea about how things should be and surrendering that and just embracing whatever is and trusting and having faith in the higher power that uh, governs everything and keeps the whole shebang going, the more enjoyable life is, the more the more everything flows, the more magical stuff happens, you know, the more podcast episodes are made or the more YouTube, the better quality um, content is made, the more creative capacity there is, the more fun everything is to do. And the more I can just sit and relax and just enjoy being a human. It's really cool. Yeah. But if, if I were to rely completely on my personal will, jeepers, I don't know if I could do that. It's like analyzing, because there's a sort of different approaches to it. And we could say that one approach, which is one where I came from in the past, was you basically, like logical, right? Rational, you, you analyze all the options and you choose what you think is best based on that. And that's fine. That's nothing wrong with that. But it still is really limited. Like, it's still really limited um, compared to letting go, surrendering into life and trusting life um, and letting go of reliance upon the personal will to get things done or to to live. I hope this is making sense and all tying in together <laughs> to whoever is listening. Um, I think the, the crux of it for today, keep this one short, uh, is mistakes owning that it's a part and it's actually seeing it as like inevitable like it's inevitable we make mistakes and what's not important it's not important that we make mistakes what's important is or what's available to us to choose or where we could spend our time most fruitfully is to to choose how we respond to that like basically do we learn and grow and do we try to uncover the essence why where was that mistake made from what kind of worldview did we have what was the error what didn't we see what were we missing maybe we're having compassion there and grow from our mistakes or do we kick ourselves for it and judge ourselves for it because if we can't do both at the same time you can't we can't be judging ourselves and growing and learning compassionately <laughs> at the same time we either judge ourselves and kick ourselves for making mistakes or we grow. We can do a bit of both. Like there definitely are degrees. Like we can grow from our mistakes and also judge ourselves at the same time a little bit. But we can also sort of move the gradually let go of more and more self-judgment and self-condemnation and just increase the dial on how much we grow and we learn from every single mistake. So it's not really about not making mistakes. It's actually about we all make mistakes and we all make really bad mistakes. We all make really bad mistakes. So it's not about not making mistakes or bad mistakes. It's about turning up the dial, the growth dial, and being in a position where we are most likely to learn to grow from the mistakes. So we sort of like 
prepare ourselves for it as an inevitability. I think that would be a lot more beneficial to enjoyment because then when we make a mistake, we can be like, oh, what a, what a, what a, what a, what an idiot, what a dummy, dummy I am, and just laugh it off and then learn versus, oh my goodness, how, oh, the worst person in the world, I deserve punishment, which is often what happens, we punish ourselves um, in ways we are aware of, in ways we aren't aware of, like very often a way to punish ourselves is to withdraw peace and happiness, to withdraw from peace and happiness, because peace and happiness is available to us if we really, really want it, we can choose it. We can choose to let go. We can choose to understand what leads to peace and happiness. So if we aren't experiencing it completely, um, then we're withdrawing. We're not choosing it. We're resisting it. So that's a form of punishment. There's actually so much guilt that we choose out of our own self-punishment to keep happiness and peace away. Of course, that's not a very popular thing to say. Uh, I think the most popular thing to say is that there's all lots of things to blame for that. Situations, coronavirus, the world situation, the government. But... If it's true that happiness comes within, that means that nothing can touch it. Nothing external can touch the happiness or the peace. The only thing that can touch it are our own choices. Uh, and that's, uh, I mean, that's really empowering. But you could say that the downside of that is that we take responsibility and we can't blame anyone anymore for the way we feel. Which seems like a downside until it's actually chosen and then life is a lot more enjoyable. Because we can just have fun. We can just enjoy it. We can just laugh with people rather than condemn them. Uh, we can grow. We can let go. We can surrender deeper and deeper and deeper and max out the enjoyment of life. Um, it's pretty boring and pretty crappy to like blame people. Um, not like as a judgment, as like we just, it's not very fun. It's way, way, way funner to just own our own inner feelings and use every opportunity we get to let go, to learn, to go deeper within ourselves. That's way more enjoyable. That way we actually grow heaps and we sort of become the person who basically like can't be touched by things, who's transcended the world. The way to transcend the world is not to blame it <laughs> for being the way it is or to judge ourselves. The way to transcend is to own, to go through it, to walk through it, to see everything as a growth opportunity. Um, and one of the ultimate growth opportunities that we can, at least in my eyes, that we can apply to any situation, so it's really powerful, is that we can ask, how, what can I surrender? So we can see every opportunity, everything that happens in our life, if we see it as a teacher for surrender, that will be a very rapid, a very rapid and direct path to peace. Because peace comes when we are at peace with life. That means we're not bothered by anything anymore. And if we're still bothered by stuff, that means there's more to surrender. Ergo, we use the opportunities life gives us as a lesson or as a teacher to surrender and deepen in serenity and humility. And that way, we that's the direct route to peace. Sure, it's uncomfortable, at the start, there's probably some resistance, um, being like, what? What do you mean? No. <laughs> um, probably a bit of that. That's a very normal. Like, that's just a normal response. That only natural, only natural. Um, but we can still choose it in spite of it being uncomfortable, in spite of there being resistance. We can still go through with it. It takes courage. It takes willingness. And these are 
like divine qualities, great the greatness within us, it's always there. We can choose it if we want to. That's just something to be aware of. So the upside is that we get to become aware. We get to become aware of every obstacle to peace and happiness. So when we choose to align ourselves with being the one that is completely surrendered to life and therefore completely at peace, with undisturbed peace, when we align ourselves with being that version of ourselves right now, well, life is going to very kindly present to us every area in life when we're not like that. And the whole thing is to let, let that go. And so that's the teacher. The teacher, we don't have to work on the things we don't have to work on. We only have to work on the things we, the, that are the obstacles. There is plenty of stuff we've already transcended, which we don't see because we, that's not what we're focused on. We're focused on what's annoying us, what's frustrating us, what's the obstacle in front of us. And so with that in mind, there's actually a really helpful saying um, to love the obstacles. I was driving past on North Road um, or South Road, South Road, and there was a big sign said, love your obstacles. It was so beautiful because when we, we can love our obstacles or we can hate them, we can see it as a curse or we can see it as a growth opportunity. Um, and sometimes it's hard to love your obstacles, especially when you can't see the gift in it. So I guess a good first step is to ask to see the gift in whatever is being perceived as a curse. So if it's being perceived as a curse, it's really hard to love it. It's really hard to accept it. It's still possible, but it's hard. So we, what we can do is we can ask. So that is an option that's available is just to ask. To ask to see the gift in that obstacle. Like, how is this a gift? We'll be like, I can't, I don't know how this is a gift. T Nick, tell me how this is a gift. I have no idea. I'm just a dummy. Don't ask me. But divinity will let you know. <laughs> um, if you ask yourself, if you ask and open yourself to recognizing the new point of view, the new perspective, the deeper perspective, then you'll see it. Sooner or later, you will. Like, it's inevitable. Because divinity, that's the nature of divinity. Divinity is like an electrostatic magnet. And when you put out a prayer, like, how can I see this differently? That's a prayer. You're putting out an iron filing. You're putting out uh, something which resonates with the field. And so the field will automatically respond. It's not like there's someone choosing what to respond to and what not. The field responds to what you put in it. So if you put a genuine request to see things differently out of humility and surrender, you will automatically receive that <laughs> because that's the nature of divinity, the infinitely powerful electromagnet that uh, sustains all of creation and sustains us right now. Without it, nothing would be here. So... When you put a prayer out there, it's going to get a response that what, what um, affects, I guess, the rate of response or whether you get a response or not is the genuinity and sincerity of the prayer. I mean, if the prayer is just like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. yeah I guess, okay, yeah, let's see things differently. Maybe you'll see something differently, but it's a lot less powerful than if you were to say, like, really come to that and just completely open yourself to it. And let go of wanting to be right, let go of resisting being wrong, and just completely just fall on your knees to it, quote. Be like, I just don't know, I can't see it. And then, bam, it comes. Um, so that is an option that is available. And once it's reperceived as a gift, it can be easier to accept it, to welcome it, and to grow from it. Um, and this includes all past mistakes, right? I mean, that's the only thing that basically... Um, holds holds us all 
from complete peace is what we think we carry from the past, which comes from how we see the past. And so we can re-perceive the past and see it differently so that it's easier. And one of those key recontextualizations actually is the seeing that mistakes are made out of innocence. Like the fact that a mistake was made implies innocence. Um, Otherwise a mistake couldn't be made. So that's a first step. That's great. But then we can also pray and we can look deeper into it and we can say, what was I seeing? How, what state was I in? I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, obviously I'd make that choice. I would too, if I was in that situation. Yeah. And so then we can forgive ourselves for being human. Yeah. And enjoy life more and be like, yeah, you know, I made really bad mistakes. That's right. But I learned from the mistakes as much as I could. And that's all. Like, that's really powerful. No one can touch you. What are they going to say about you? You made really bad mistakes. You, how could you do that? I said, well, that's how I, I did it. Look, not like happy about it or regret it, sure. But at the same time, that's how I saw things at the time. It made sense to me at the time. Sure, it was really bad. But look, I've also had to bear the weight of the consequences for that choice. So I'm not happy about it. But I've learned and I've grown. And I'm going to pray that I don't make the same mistake again. And I'm going to do my best to learn and grow from it. What more? Can, what more do you need? What does God need? What more does the universe need? And then when you do that, I mean, that's the most effective thing for all of life. All of life benefits from that, including you. So there's no loss. And then we ask ourselves, well, what stops us from that? What seems to come to me is there's an unwillingness to actually see it differently. There's an unwillingness to actually learn. There's an unwillingness to grow. There's an unwillingness to um, forgive ourselves and to move on. There is a, there's like an attachment to the thing, to to the negativity. There's actually an attachment to it. We actually like it. There's a part of us that seems to like it. I mean, if we didn't like it, why would we be holding on to it? So something within us likes something about it. Otherwise, we just drop it. So that's something to sit with. Still unraveling that one. Uh, yes, so you're human. You make mistakes. Boohoo. Cool. Okay, we all are. Let us move forward together and grow and learn from each other. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Adios.